You promised in your holy word that you were going to make your home among mortals. You will live with us. We will be your people. And you yourself will be with us. And so we pray, make us yours today. Set us apart by the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, that we may dwell with you forever. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Trinity Church, All Saints Edition, All Saints Edition at Skyland Methodist Church. Super happy to be here worshiping with you this evening. It's a special day. Is it okay? Is it, is it, it's evening, right? Or is it afternoon? I feel like we're somewhere in between. Maybe it's still afternoon. All right. I'm super happy that we have some kids in the service with us today. Of course, kids of all ages are all, I see that. Kids of all ages are always welcome with us in the service. But often, uh, you know, on a Sunday morning, we have our, our kids service, which is a part. So I just want to say to all the kids, we're super happy to have you. Parents, we're happy that your kids are here no matter what age um, they are. We're super happy to have them here. And you, got, you kids can just help us out. Um, this, today, I want to talk about, we're going to get ready for baptism, right? And I want to talk to you about three things. One is the most fearless animal. Two is roommates. And three is baptism. Now, I'm wondering if any of the kids here have an idea of what the most fearless animal is. Does anyone know an answer to this? I'm making this up, so you can decide which one you think yours is. Most fearless animal. I heard lion, very good. Now, I know that I'm, we got one more, Anna, what you think? Tiger, very good. There's a lot of good options out there. Now, I know that I'm supposed to be a priest and I'm supposed to be spending a lot of my time thinking about holy things. But like maybe some of you, I actually spend a lot of time watching goofy videos on the internet, okay? And there was a video a while back about a honey badger. Anybody seen this video about the honey badger? I see that. I can always count on Rudolph to know my jokes up here, and I appreciate that. The honey badger. So if you don't know about the honey badger, it's an extremely fearless animal. And there's this video of the honey badger. He, like, wants some honey, right? And so, of course, he's going to have to go into the hive where he's going to get stung by thousands of bees. But the honey badger does not care, right? The honey badger just goes straight for that honey, gets stung, doesn't matter. He just takes what he wants. And then, of course, the honey badger wants to eat a king cobra. Do you guys know about the king cobra? It's an extremely poisonous snake, okay? And that honey badger goes for the cobra, gets beat, bitten, but proceeds to eat said cobra. And after a while, the honey badger passes out because of the poisons getting to him. But you know what happens? After a couple of hours, that honey badger wakes back up and starts eating that cobra once again. You see, the honey badger doesn't care. In fact, there was, not that long ago, a football player of a college team, I won't name, who was named the Honey Badger because he was known for just going there and just taking the bile. He would just take whatever he wanted. And so, of course, we're kind of being silly here in church this morning. The point is that Honey Badgers are really good at getting what they want, and it seems like nothing will stop them. And so I have a question, and it relates to the Bible. Don't worry about it. What does God want? And can anything stop God from getting what God wants? 
What is it that God really wants? And can anything stop God from getting what God wants? You might not know this, but the entire story of the Bible is about this. God wants a people that he can call his own. And so if we turn open the Bible, we'll find in the very first book of the Bible, there's a story of a man named Abraham. And God's plan was to call this man Abraham and through Abraham to create a people that would be his very own people. So this family of Abraham is going to be God's special people on earth. But if you know how the story goes, as you turn through the pages, God's plan seems to come on jeopardy because God's people find themselves in slavery in Egypt. And then what happens? You guys remember the story? God sends a prophet named Moses to be his instrument to lead his people out of slavery, right? And God's people crossed through the Red Sea, right? You remember that? God parted the Red Sea, and they crossed through the Red Sea. Now, later on, the Apostle Paul is going to say that that journey through the Red Sea prefigures baptism, but that's kind of getting ahead of things. They cross over, and God had prepared a special place for them to live, the Holy Land, right? It's going to be God's promised land for God's promised people. Only it didn't work out so good, right? They were supposed to obey God's good and beautiful ways. Only they didn't act like his people. They didn't love God with their whole hearts. They didn't love their neighbors as themselves. They didn't take care of the immigrants and the widows and the orphans. And they worshiped other things that weren't really God at all. And so God had to punish his people. He sent them into exile. That means he sent them away into a far away, a very scary place. And maybe in that scary place, they were going to get lost and they were going to blend in with other people. And maybe God wasn't going to get what God wants. Maybe God's plan to have a people wasn't going to work. So what do you guys think? Do you guys guys think God's going to get what he wants? Do you guys remember as you keep turning through the pages of the Bible how the story ends? You might remember that Miss Christine read the end of the story for us today in the book of Revelation. And if you turn in your Bible all the way to the back, at the very end, there's this There's this story in the book of Revelation, Revelation 21, and it gives us a picture of the future, of a time behind the one in which we are living. And this is actually one of my favorite passages in the whole Bible. And it turns out that I can't read Revelation 21 without thinking about roommates. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I have some crazy roommates. Anybody here have crazy roommates? You guys know what roommates are? They're just the people that live with you. A lot of times you think about like when you go off to college, you live, you live with someone. Um, I was talking with someone in our church recently. I don't see if he's here. He was telling me about it. He likes his roommates now. He's married. But he was telling me he had a really crazy roommate just before he got married. In college, I had some really great roommates, but I'd say all of them did some really weird stuff. But none of them did anything as weird as my friend and roommate, Zeke. 
Now, one thing that Zeke did that was weird is he liked to dumpster dive. Do you guys know what dumpster diving is? It's when you go into a dumpster looking for good stuff. So someone threw it away, but you think it's really good. And he would go, there was a particular dumpster on campus where they threw away old electronics. And he would go spend time in that dumpster and find stuff. And I'd let you know, there's nothing wrong with dumpster diving unless you live in a very small dorm room. You know, they say uh, one man's trash is another man's treasure, right? So our dorm room was filling up with treasure, okay? And I'd be like, Zeke, why do you have these old computers filling up our dorm room from like the early 90s? Like, Zeke, what are you going to do with that weird megaphone-looking speaker? Oh, I'm going to use that. Like, I'm building, a, I'm building a computer for my friend, and oh, my dad needs this radio out in his shed, and so I'm going to hook that up to my dad's radio. And he was just always doing the weirdest stuff. But the weirdest thing was this. I had, so my cousin is an op- optometrist. He's an eye doctor. I wear contacts. You might not know that. And, you know, I was a poor college student, so he would give me these free samples of contact solutions, very, very generous thing to do. So I had a bunch of bottles of these little contact solutions, okay? And one day, I walk into my dorm room, coming back from class, and I see Zeke squeezing it right into his mouth. And I say, Zeke, what are you doing? Why are you? He's like, oh, no, no, it's not contact solution. I took one of the empty bottles, and I filled it with mouthwash so that, you know, I just want to freshen my breath on the go. I just put it in there. Now, some of you guys know where this is going. One morning, early before class, I woke up fumbling around in the dark as one doing it. I brushed my teeth. I put in my contacts. And then within a couple of seconds, my eyes are on fire, okay? What happened? I put that contacts, I put the mouthwash into my contacts. So now my eyes are just burning, right? Of course, at that moment, I wasn't very happy with my friend Zeke. It wasn't a good situation. Of course, I'm telling funny stories, but this is the point of the story. You got to be careful who you move in with. Zeke was actually a really great guy, but there are some people that you actually should think twice before you move in with them. In fact, some people are really selfish. Some people won't love you well. They won't treat you well. Some people, in fact or abusive, and you have to be careful who you move in with. And that's why I find Revelation 21, the end of the Bible, such a wild story. Because what happens is God recreates heaven and earth. Basically, he's going to renovate this place so that it's really nice. And then he's going to move in with us. Listen to what the text says. I saw the holy city the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, see, the home of God is among mortals. That's people like us. He will dwell with him. They will be his peoples. And God himself will live with them. And after all the stuff we've done, after all the ways we've been unloving to each other and unkind to each other, after all the times we've turned our back on God and searched for other answers to our biggest problems, God still loves us.
He's crazy about us. In fact, he wants to move in with us and become roommates. This is how the story ends. God makes his home with us. And it seems so wild and it seems to me so crazy. And if I were him, I probably wouldn't do it. After watching what's been going on here, if I had been watching CNN during 2020, I'd be like, I am not moving in with these people. Like, these people are crazy. But after everything, God's going to move in with us. Heaven comes to earth. God's going to make all things new. He renovates the place, and he moves in with us. Remember we asked the question, is God going to get what God wants? Does God get what God wants? Is he going to get a people to call his own? Well, that's exactly what our text says here this morning. See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. God gets what God wants. Friends, today, this All Saints baptism is all about God getting what God wants. God wants a people. And when we are baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we become living members of the body of Christ. It's through baptism that we are reborn into the family of God. And I want you to know today that God wanted you. God wanted you so much that he was willing to come and live as one of us, to die for our sins upon the cross so that he could make us clean, ready to live with him forever. And after he rose from the dead, he said to his disciples, his closest friends and followers, he said, now I want you to go out in all the world and I want you to make disciples of all the peoples of the earth, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded. And so today, in baptism, we are joined into this long story of God, this long story of God getting what he wants. It might seem strange, folks, but this is how it works. The Apostle Paul tells us in Galatians 3 that when we are baptized, we are clothed with Christ, and that it's through that baptism that we become the true heirs of Abraham. We become his descendants we are brought in to God's holy family. Praise be to God for making space for people like us and his family. Amen.